Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Bill Press Show. It is the Bill Press Show. My name is not Bill Press. My name is Peter Ogburn. I am here for the weekend edition of our podcast. As you know, we cover just as much news as we possibly can when we are on during the week. But there are a lot of things that uh, we want to dig into, go a little bit deeper on the weekends, and that is what we are doing today. And I am so excited to bring on my guest today. Uh, She is a familiar voice. If you've listened and watched the show for a long time, she's Emma Roller. Emma, how are you? Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm so good. I'm- now, you, folks might remember you you came in the studio with us until you you moved away. Uh, you're no longer in the D.C. area, but we're so happy to have you back on to talk about uh, some of uh, your writing. You're still writing, of course. I am. I live in Chicago now. I'm from the Midwest originally, so... I'm a little closer to home now, though I miss I miss my DC friends and especially you guys. Well, we we certainly miss having you in, but it's it's very nice to reconnect with you. Um, you are uh, writing about a number of different things in a number of different publications. You just put one up on the Huffington Post, or excuse me, Huff Post, uh, <laughs> all about the Border Patrol. Uh, and the tear gassing of women and children and civilians in general. Uh, we've talked about this a lot this previous week, but you have uh, a uh, grim look at what this could possibly mean for us as a country. Because, look, we've been very clear about this, and I think this is fairly obvious, that using tear gas, firing tear gas over the border on women and children wearing diapers uh, is horrifying. But you wrote a little bit about what that could mean in terms of the direction that we are going as a country, right? Right. So there's kind of a paradox around tear gas because it is it has been enshrined in the Geneva Protocol and in numerous international treaties since World War One that it is illegal for countries to use tear gas or other chemical agents in international warfare. Now, throughout that time, there have been no treaties put in place requiring that countries cannot use tear gas domestically. Uh, What happened at the border on Sunday raises some interesting and disturbing legal questions because as we saw, the Border Patrol agents were firing tear gas canisters across the border. So technically, the border agents, since they were firing the tear gas across the U.S.-Mexico border, I think some would argue that that is no longer a domestic use of a chemical agent, but an international use, which the Geneva Protocol and other treaties have ruled is prohibited. 
but that said, Tyriac has a long history since its inception uh, during World War One in law enforcement in the U.S. And actually, what we see being used as tear gas today is not what was first used back during World War One. You probably heard the Fox News commentator comparing tear gas to something edible that you could put on your nachos, but that is simply not the case. The tear gas that law enforcement uses today is what's known as CS gas, which is a chemical compound that was actually discovered by two chemists at Middlebury College in Connecticut back in the 1920s. So that has become kind of the gold standard for the U.S. riot control cops and the military since then. You know, uh, the thing that I thought was so grotesque, uh, aside from the obvious uh, nastiness of uh, the act itself, were, as you mentioned, there was that one commentator that went on Fox News, said you could put this on your nachos. Donald Trump saying, oh, this was a safe kind of tear gas. It was essentially, it was a watered-down version of the tear gas. Uh, I saw a conservative commentator and just general all-around shithead John Podhoritz putting out a photo of troops or police officers because part of your training is you go through getting tear gassed. You see what that's like uh, and saying, you know, oh, it's it's not so bad. These these guys can do it just fine. But, you know, again, you know, we, we talked to someone who had been tear gassed earlier this week and they said, uh, mm-hmm. knowing that you probably won't die from this, you feel like you might die from this. It is a horrifying thing to experience. And, you know, you see uh, uh, soldiers that have gone through it and you hear stories and it's just they talk about how awful it is and what it does to you. And and the reason that they do that is so that you think twice before you fire this stuff because it is that bad. And then you have to think about that we did that to children at the border. Yeah. Look, I have never been tear gassed. And frankly, I hope to never be tear gassed because reading accounts from people who have, it sounds horrifying and you know, that pertains to protesters, it pertains to people in the military. Uh, the accounts are the same. No one is saying, oh, yeah, I got tear gassed and it wasn't that bad. Right. No one in that I have read has said that. Uh, it is a chemical agent. Again, that is not a hyperbole. And its entire purpose is to make people feel as though they are choking. And it causes your eyes to tear up. It causes your mucous membranes to burn. That includes your eyes, your nose, your throat. It feels like your throat and your chest are constricting. People have vomited and and gagged when exposed to tear gas. And again, that includes people training for the U.S. military. And so you have to think if it is that bad for people who are training to be in combat, then what must it be like when turned on civilians, including very small children? And again, we have to go back to why, why did Border Patrol agents do this at the border? Was it because there was, you know, a violent storming of the border happening, as Fox News would like us to believe? No, it was because 
there are thousands of people in this migrant caravan who have fled their home countries and are seeking safer shores in the United States. And claiming asylum or refugee status is both a human right and a right. And to be faced at the border with your children by heavily armed agents with tear gas canisters is a human rights nightmare. You know, you hit on something I wanted to talk about, and I hit on this a little bit earlier this week. It's amazing how much one word really changes the whole situation, right? You called them what they are. They are refugees. They are fleeing a violent situation, trying to find a better life. Uh, you know, I saw MSNBC, uh, CNN, all the cable news referring to them as a migrant caravan, a migrant caravan, which I guess indefinite by definition is there is truth to that. But these are refugees. They are coming here doing what uh, is allowed by law. It is legal. And we are meeting them with force, which is something that's completely uh, off the rails in terms of presidential politics. This is not as much as Donald Trump would like to say Barack Obama had, you know, detainment policies and things like that. This is something we've never really seen before in the modern presidency. Mm -hmm. Something that uh, in history that people have been bringing up a lot and which I have also written about in the past is the MF St. Louis, which was a German ocean liner. And in 1939, it set sail from Europe with over 900 U, uh, Jewish refugees from Germany. And they attempted to seek asylum at a port of entry in Cuba and then the United States and then Canada, and they were refused. And historians have estimated that once the ship was forced to return to Europe, at least a quarter of the people on that ship ended up dying in the Holocaust. So that kind of gives a historical context to what we are talking about today. And I'm really glad you brought up that uh, point about the language media outlets are using. Yes, it is technically a migrant car caravan. Yes, these people are migrants. But first and foremost, the reason that they are migrating is that because is sorry. But first and foremost, the reason that they are migrating is because they are afraid. They're afraid to stay in their home countries. They're afraid for the safety of their family and their children. Why else would you travel over 2,000 miles on foot? Just imagine the reason you would need as an individual to feel the need to travel 2,000 miles on foot. The only reason is being afraid for your life yeah. and the lives of your children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such an incredibly, uh, heartbreaking story to see how it's playing out in, in a way that we sort of anticipated it would play out with Donald Trump as president. Um, I feel almost foolish asking this question, but have any Republicans shown any kind of pushback on this or are they just happy to go along with it? Um, not that I've seen. Yeah, I haven't uh, either. I, I could be wrong. There could be Republicans pushing back against it. There was the Geraldo Rivera clip on Fox News where he actually seemed to get somewhat emotional 
about it. it. It seemed as if something inside Geraldo Rivera has broken after years <laughs> and years of defending hardline, you know, right wing politics yeah. on Fox News. There's the interaction with him. You should really watch the clip if you haven't um, between Rivera and Jesse Waters is very telling because at one point Rivera says, you know, I'm going to go on the record as, as Fox News token pinata. And then Jesse Waters cuts in and very, uh, very dryly and very insidiously says, that's racist in a very sarcastic tone of voice. And so that entire clip kind of, to me, was an emblem of the total lack of empathy that we are seeing in the conservative commentariat class and uh, Republican politicians at writ large. So one of the other things that you hit on in your piece, which uh, you can all read at HuffPost.com, HuffPost.com. Uh, we'll also have a link to it in the podcast. So if you're listening to it, just look at the description. We'll have it right there. Uh, that it it usually starts with tear gas and then it escalates, right? Right. So something that I write about in this piece, and there are many, many examples of police escalation. I don't really like using the word riot control, which is how police often refer to the use of tear gas against civilians, because the difference between a protest and a riot is often subjective. Um, But you can go back to 1965, you know, the Freedom Riders in Selma, Alabama, marching on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and they were peaceably marching Many of them were from the church. They actually marched from a church in Selma across the bridge. There were women, uh, young and old people, and they were met by a line of Alabama state troopers on the bridge. And the first line of resort for those state troopers was to shoot dozens of tear gas canisters along with smoke canisters and other chemical agents at the protesters simply for walking across this bridge. Now, the use of force on the protesters did not end there. Uh, From tear gas, it evolved to beatings with clubs. The state troopers were on horses and protesters got trampled. And obviously the most famous account is from Congressman John Lewis who had his head bashed in on the bridge by a state trooper. So, It's clear to me, at least, that the use of tear gas does not exist in a vacuum. And for law enforcement, it is often both the line of first resort and also an effective smokescreen, both literally and metaphorically, for other violent acts that are to come. Well, uh, look, this has been a horrifying story, uh, as with a lot of the stories that are coming from uh, our border with Mexico, whether it's child detention or the gassing, tear gassing of children and mothers. Um, And the defense of it from Donald Trump and Republicans has been repulsive. And we just have to hope at some point Somebody will uh, get this in check. Somebody will hold him accountable for it. Uh, but I, I, 
it doesn't look like it's going to be the Republicans, that's for sure. So, uh, Emma Roller, thank you so so much for joining us. It's so good to hear from you again. I'm glad you could uh, glad you could join us here on the phone. Thank you so much. I wish it could be under better circumstances, but but happy, always happy to talk. Good to talk to you. That is Emma Roller. She is a frequent guest here on the show back when she was in D.C., and uh, hopefully we'll get her on here more and more. You can follow her on Twitter at Emma Roller, R-O-L-L-E-R. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will, of course, be back with a live show on Monday and more podcasts coming your way. Thanks for listening. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.